God is a priest of the Israelites. Mike, 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 Mike. Like not just any old breakfast food, but uh, but eggs and potatoes. Yeah, to have like usually when I hear breakfast for dinner, I think of like pancakes. But to have a hearty breakfast for dinner is like a, a shock to the senses. I would imagine. I'm pretty used to it. I mean, <laughs> I have my my go-to. I buy my frozen potatoes and I fry those up, and then I put the eggs on top of it. And I I've been doing this for decades. Uh, so. Cool. Nice. All right, what's up? Welcome to Smite Me, a Torah podcast where we read the good book every freaking week and talk about it and see if we like it. Do we like it yet? That's what we ask ourselves. Um, I'm John Alcabes. I am here with my co-hosts, Ayana Hayashi. What's up? And Josh Marcus. Howdy, y'all. Um, and we have a special guest this week, our friend from camp, Ethan, joining us from Colorado. What's up, Ethan? Hello, hello. I'm doing well, doing well. How you doing? We are all doing fine, and we hear that you love a hearty breakfast, and the people I at do. Hardee's don't appreciate uh, it, because that's not Car- what you're talking about. It's called Carl's Jr. here, but I, I get the gist. It's yeah, called Carl's Jr. here, too. I don't, know what, I don't know what Hardee's you're talking about, Ione. Hardee's. It's funny that I think of them as Hardee's because it's called Carl's Jr. in San Francisco, the city I've lived my entire life. Yeah, what's up? So with I've, that? Had, I've never been in I've never been in a Hardee's, but where even are they? Like the Midwest or something? They're not here. I know that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, do we all want to go around and talk about what we did this week yeah. that would have gotten us smoted, smited, smiteable offenses, smiteable offenses? Yeah, Josh, you want to start? You want to start? Oh boy, what have I done? Um, you know, I generated a smiteable amount of paper waste this week. My God, uh, moving into a new apartment and you just use so much paper, and then you feel bad about it, and then you take it down to the apartment recycling pit, and then you just realize everyone's just making paper waste all the time, and we're just swimming in paper. And you feel bad about it. And then, you know what? You keep buying shit. And now you deserve to die. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm ready. Sling, sling mean, that bolt. We'll, we'll get into it because it doesn't really seem like there's much of a criteria when it comes down to being personally, individually smitten by the <laughs> Lord themselves. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, true. No, just general evil ways. <laughs> yeah. Vibes. I'm sure paper waste fits into that one. Uh, Ethan, you got one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it didn't happen last week, but like in the near recent past uh so i was working on a campaign in colorado uh to protect abortion access um and i don't think that's smiteable like i don't know i feel like god maybe is against abortions maybe for it whatever but the main thing that i think is smiteable is uh i was helping run the text campaign so i was like the person in charge of all those unsolicited political texts you get on your phone so i was just like yeah so i was helping coordinate like millions of texts to people's phones like do you care about abortions? Um, like protecting those. And I think just the annoyance of those unsolicited texts is probably smiteable. Uh-huh. Wow. What a, what an amount of power you had at your fingertips. 
just finger on the button to text. Yeah, you could have just been like, hey, check out my band's new EP. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> check out my friend's Torah podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can we can talk after this. <laughs> that was Maybe say, do you still have the codes on that? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We got that. Cool. And this I think that officially makes you the most powerful person we've had on, on That's the podcast. True. <laughs> it's only you and Danny Salcedo. Like but you are, are more powerful than he is because of the text. The text guns uh, that you have. Maybe in, in the texting dimension, uh-huh. but like in every other dimension, I feel like Danny's way more powerful than I am. None of us have any power. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah. we're, all, we're all little ants. <laughs> I have power in my home. Um, I, I'll go. I This one's kind of meta, but I think the smiteable offense I committed since we last recorded is um, releasing this very podcast onto the public. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, we've been over it. The podcast is where, you know, we're engaging with the text, but ultimately it is a bit of an abomination. But, you know, recording it is one thing. You know, we we got together and recorded this week after week. But I think the real, like, to put it out into the public, I am, it is out of my hands now. And so whatever I said, I have now officially said it. And I think a fair amount of those things are going to be questionably smiteable. So... Yeah, do you guys have anyone in your life who you think is going to really not like what we've said? I think I have people in my life who are going to be disappointed that this is the way I've decided to engage my Jewishness. <laughs> yeah. I think there's people who are going to hear something and turn it off, and that'll be good because the thing they heard is way tamer than like the thing that's like a few, a little <laughs> bit further along in the episode. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, I am inclined. I'm inclined to agree with that 100. Yeah. Or I, I, I'm friends with people who have like a very sincere faith, and I think that's pretty cool. I just, to me, yeah. I mean, as we've said before, it's like I'm not making fun of that. I just think it's like literally like what is written in the Jewish Bible is just funny. <laughs> it's it's also I think you'll find that like it's probably easier to have a, a sincere faith if you don't engage with it too much. But anyway. Oh wait, we should let I. Yeah, sorry, I sorry. Do you want to share your? Oh, my smiteable offense. What did I do? Um, I'll stay away from thought crimes because that's that seems to always be mine. Um, but I, you're still I don't thinking know. them though. I they'll never stop, even when I want them to. Um, I guess. I guess maybe that I'm I'm very very. It's it's I guess it's smiteable just if you think of it in the like we're still in the Genesis like stick by your family. Uh, uh, realm where I guess like we were talking about the whole Thanksgiving thing, and obviously this is being recorded in the time of of the uh, of the pandemic, um, and things are on the rise and like everything. Yeah, even if unsure. people hear this in Once like again. six months, that'll probably still be true. Sad to say. Yeah, and I'm just like I just I don't think it's a good idea for me to go over for Thanksgiving. So uh, yeah, I guess it's mindable offensive. Like I'm I'm kind of very reluctant to to stick to my family, especially in a time of like stress and uncertainty. That's my smiteable offense. You're like Judah, man, separating from his own brothers. I am nothing like that, man. (laughs) That was a a wild accusation. Also for not, you know, having faith that, that God will protect you from the disease. So you don't need to wear a mask or do anything. You can just do whatever and just believe that, that God will protect you. That's true. Masks masks are a false idol. If you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that I if as as we have established a watch list on our lap last episode, I'm sure I'm on God's watch list. <laughs> watch list. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the list. 
So, uh, where we last left off, I believe, it was a couple weeks ago, um, we had just finished up with a really, really, really kind of depressing chapter, and uh, Jacob's sons, in, re- in retaliation for uh, their, their sister being raped by a local populace, basically uh, them and God kidnapped everyone and, and burned all their houses down, they got the fuck out of Dodge, and they went back to somewhere else in Canaan, so... Everything's chill, I guess. We had a reset because the text doesn't mention anything uh, regarding that from, from there. So here we go. So Jacob and his family are chilling in the land of Canaan still. Uh, his very, very special boy, Joseph, is a shepherd and likes to hang out with his uh, older brothers who are all kind of bad boys. And he really enjoys snitching on them to Jacob. Uh, Jacob gets uh, makes Joseph a very, very special coat that I guess we interpret as technicolored in the modern time. Um, and all his brothers are very, very jealous of him. Joseph has all, all these dreams where his brothers prostrate themselves to him and and base and all all kind of worship him. Uh, so he decides it's a great idea to uh, just go out and tell them and be like, "Hey, you guys are all going to be my servants one day." Really, as a little brother myself, pretty dumb move. You, you, it's just not a thing you would say to the people who have the power over you. It's also just not something you should ever say to a group of people. Yeah, don't tell people about your dreams, especially when your dreams are about them worshiping you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, um, so jo- the rest of uh, Jacob's sons, so Reuben, the horny one, and, and Zebulon, and all of those people, Alien, and all of those people. Zebulon. Um, they all go and travel somewhere away, a ways from, from Jacob. Um, to, to raise some of their own flocks. And Jacob, who's maybe not super clued into the whole situation, says, hey, Joseph, why don't you go follow them and annoy them? So his brothers see, jo- so Jake, Joseph, yeah, a lot of J's, a lot of J's. Joseph's brothers see him coming to them from very far away. And at first they're like, we should just murder this little punk bitch. But then they decide to throw him in a pit. And then that way they can sell him into slavery. And uh, their justification is that's somehow better than murder. Also, why does a pit need to be involved? They could just tie him up, but it was like they outnumber him. But hey, a handy hole, I guess. So Joseph rolls up to them and they immediately just kind of kick the shit out of him, steal his coat and throw him in a pit like they said they would do. So nice follow through, boys. They hold a dinner party in celebration. They have some drinks and there's some Ishmaelite people coming their way. And they're like, oh, this is so, so simple. We'll just sell Joseph into slavery and everything will be fun and we'll make a profit and everything's good. So they head back to the pit, but they find that a bunch of random people had just come around and had the same idea. Pulled him out of the pit and sold him into slavery. Um, so they get really upset. Reuben tears all his clothes off, which is a detail they included. Uh, so they kill a goat over the coat, which has a nice mm, ring to it. Go for the coat! <laughs> um, and they bring it to Jacob's dad. And Jacob thinks, oh, God, like obviously Joseph is dead and ripped to shreds. So he puts sackcloth on his loins to mourn, which is very uncomfortable. That's what um, they call it, sackcloth. <laughs> I did not put that connection together. I don't. It I might, I it's probably not a real connection. I feel like that that could be a, a good name if you wanted to make a religious oriented underwear company <laughs> just called Sackcloth. Oh wow, oh, it's just like a little. G-string. They definitely <laughs> and exist w- exist and will be advertising on our podcast yeah. by next <laughs> totally. week. Totally, and they sell yeah. them, but in like trendy boutiques where there's also like candles and like Palo Santo and stuff. Oh yeah, it's like made oh, of yeah. linen. It's really scratchy and uncomfortable, but you know. But it's holy. It's a great exfoliant for your junk. It's true. It's that new Dust Bowl aesthetic. 
You know, actually, just because we are a podcast, it is nice that there's been a little bit more kind of uh, attention paid to men and the need for them to groom themselves with all the dick pills and the, like, ball trimmers and whatever. I wouldn't say dick pills are really for grooming. They're more for... <laughs> yeah, you can rub them on your skin. It makes everything I feel like bigger. Dick, dick pills also, since the invention of the internet, or since, like, the beginning of time, have been very heavily advertised everywhere. I don't think it's, like, a new Yeah, thing. I feel like those okay, are probably advertised I'm... before most other stuff on... That was probably early internet ads. What what I'm saying is, like, boys, you can pay attention to your balls a little bit more and exfoliate every now and then. <laughs> how much, how much <laughs> so, more like, can positive we? attention. <laughs> Not just whapping them and whapping them and whapping them to see how, how, how much pain you can take. Um, anyways, so uh, the randos who just came and took Joseph out of the uh, pit sell him to uh, the chief slaughterer, Potiphar, in Egypt. So he went a long ways. He's out of Canaan. He's in Egypt. We get a little bit of a begat, begat, begat on Judah's line, which is one of Jacob's sons who's previously not very, uh, very active. Uh, he has two sons. This is kind of where Judah things get a little wild. Judah is the one who suggests they sell Joseph into slavery. Okay, so Judah's a piece of shit like the rest of his brothers. He's like the number one bad boy. So he has two sons named Onan and Er. Apparently, God thinks Onan is evil, and what I have written here is just puts one between the eyes his eyes and you know he smited done this is our very first individual smiting in in the bible of just i don't really like the guy the cut of that guy's jib no scope blammo yeah yep yeah that's later in my notes god also after that is like i did a great thing and tells onan heir's brother it's like well your brother's dead i smited him now go fuck your brother's wife it's very important and his wife's name is Tamar, and so that they can continue the line and blah, 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 blah. Onan says, okay, but his pullout game is too strong, and he splooshes on the ground instead of inside, and uh, God obviously does another 360 quick scope and smites the fucking <laughs> shit out of Onan. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Judah, seeing all of this, and seeing his two sons for very various reasons getting the, the, the shit smitten out of them, uh, tells Tamar his daughter-in-law, to stay at her father's house until his youngest son is uh, old enough to marry her, and Judah fucks off. Pretty classic move, uh, but the little wrinkle in the story is Tamar, uh, after Judah leaves, figures out where uh, where Judah went, and while she's normally dressed as a widow, she instead puts a veil on, which makes her uh, a woman of the night. A worker in the oldest profession. Yep, so she's she's in the sex worker outfit now, so she travels to where Judah is, and he thinks she's a prostitute and buys some time with her for a goat. One goat. Which I actually thought, think about that now, that's probably pretty expensive, right? Yeah, that's probably... It's true, it's like a, it's like a Honda now. Yeah, you know? but she wants she's smart, she wants some collateral, so he gives her his signet, which I knew at some point what that was, but I don't know anymore. Coat and staff. These are all items, presumably, of identification. Maybe they've got, like, little designs on them, or maybe they got, like, a clan motto on it, like, don't give a shit about anyone else, whatever. (laughs) 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 They fuck. Uh, That's all good. She walks off, puts her widow outfit on when she's out of sight, and then disappears for about three months. Eventually, word gets to Judah that she became pregnant through sex work, so he says, as easily as anyone could say anything, bring her out and let her be burned. As yep. one does. Yeah. So she uses the items, though, to, you know, the, the staff and the signet and the whatnot uh, to prove that Judah was the one who got her pregnant. Uh, so she's spared and no one gives it a second thought, which is kind of weird. No consequences for anyone. Uh, the text did make sure to tell us, though, that they didn't keep fucking. That stopped. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. That's so <laughs> funny. Honor among thieves, <laughs> yeah. you know. 
<laughs> yeah. love to see that. Tamar gives birth to two kids, and there's a little repeat of the G- Jacob Esau debacle, but because we're not following the chosen line, we and the text don't give a shit about it. Thank um, God. And if anyone was listening and thought, wow, that really took a turn, I thought we were talking about Joseph. You're right. I have no idea why this vignette occurs here, but that's the end of it. So we're back with Joseph, just to keep everyone on track, uh, who got sold into slavery uh, and works for the chief slaughterer Potiphar of Egypt. S- slaughterer? That's what, that's what they said. All right. Well, that's just I, a that's... title like commander in chief. Like, oh, you're the chief. You're the Do you big think, slaughterer. Like, of, like, of animals, this means, or just he's like the he's the top cop? I no, think he's, he's like the big butcher guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was just saying, like, you know how violent every all the languages in here. Like, I thought that was just a way of saying he's strong or like powerful. Like, yeah, you know, he's a big slaughterer. You know, people piss him off, so he slaughters them. I. That's not what it said in mine. I, mine just said minister, but. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I also read Chabad uh, one because I did this while I was at work getting paid. Maybe that's my smiteable offense. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe there's just like a there's another bent that the, the, the Chabad's. I think that's more a reflection on Chabad than anything else. OK, but... yeah. I, I literally I read it as I thought he was a butcher or some of some sort, like the Pharaoh's most favorite. Um, I was a little bit excited that maybe butchers can become high ranking right, officials. Yeah, mine in only Egyptian says society. a courtier and his chief steward. Ah, some some fancy some fancy man with a flag pin. Yep, there we go. So he's apparently Joseph is apparently really good at being a slave and is eventually the head slave of the house. So I guess he's more in like the 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 well treated area. Well, it's because God is um, like giving a little wind in the sails to everything he does. Oh yeah, God's really into Joseph, and uh, by the blessings, you know. God's blessing as a transitive property. So Potiphar and the Egyptian chief slaughterer uh, make a ton of money and his crops grow super well. I guess he's the minister, whatever. Potiphar puts Joseph in charge of everything and lets him do his thing. And he's like, just go fucking do it. Clearly, whatever you do, you do right. Uh, The Bible also makes sure to tell us that Joseph was pretty hunky. He's hot. Yep. He's t- he, yeah, I was picturing him like as kind of a, a Chalamet type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like kind of, kind of, you know, underpowered, but... A brooding allure, yeah. Yeah, so Potiphar's wife, the the minister's wife, sees old hunky Joseph Nameless and tries to have sex with him. Some lady. Uh, yeah, Joseph says, no thanks, things are pretty cool for me right now, I don't want to fuck that up by having sex with you. Kind of a reasonable response. Um, he might be a slave, but he's probably in, like, the best position a slave could be. Yeah, um, you don't you don't strip the boss's wife. Yeah, also just, you know, <laughs> little, little he's got a little bit of morals. So that dynamic continues for a long time, which is super uncomfortable. Uh, and eventually they're in the house alone and she grabs him by the clothes and says, you're going to fuck me right now. And Joseph pulls the clafty shifty shift and slides out of his jacket and books it outside. He's wearing um, those like tear off sweatpants that they warm up for basketball games in. <laughs> <And he> just, <laughs> it's just gone. The wife kind of does some some really shady, not very, very good stuff and Tells everyone, including uh, Potiphar, that Joseph attempted to uh, defile and rape her, and Potiphar throws Joseph into prison. So, not a great false accusation, but it's okay because God gives Joseph a plus 40 to charisma experience boost, just like in video games. And I guess Joseph becomes really good at being in prison? It says he was really good at it? Yeah, he's <laughs> immediately, he's the, ma- he's the warden's magical special boy. I, I, I don't know what the, the criteria is. I but think it's because of the dreams, right? I think it's... We're, I think, we're not there yet. No, but he's already been... He's already had these dreams. I think the implication is that he's such a... The reason everyone loves him so much is because he is good at having good dreams. 
No, it just says that 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 God liked him. So therefore, the prison warden. Yeah, the god like did the Jedi mind trick on the warden. He just has a sparkle to him. He's uh, he's 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 Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Pharaoh and his cupbearer and uh, the baker uh, get pissed. Well, they piss the Pharaoh off, um, which is not a smart thing to do. So they're thrown in the same prison as Joseph, and they're all in prison for a year. And uh, each of the other the Egyptians, the baker and the cupbearer, have a different recurring dream. Which I'm not going to get into because it's just not that cool. Joseph interprets the cupbearer's dreams to mean that he's getting out and uh, getting his old job back in three days. And says, hey man, uh, don't forget about me. Just, you know, give me a little shout out when you're back at Pharaoh's side. Uh, And the baker's dream is uh, that he's going to be hanged in a few days and uh, torn apart by birds. And he is. (laughs) That's the end. (laughs) Dreams do come true. I think think even more than hanged, he he gets beheaded. They chop his head off and just, like, feed him to the birds. Yep. Uh, so, you know, Joseph is right where it counts. You know what I mean? That was probably the longest summary we've had. And it's in part because you were thorough, Ayani, but it's also just because this the, there's so much going on in this Parsha, and there's not much you can really leave out. It's just, like, plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point. Um, yeah. I, uh, I... I the only thing I really want to say for my overarching thought, because I want to let you guys do some talking, is that whole vignette, I actually, as I was doing it, I read through it, didn't write anything down, because I was like, oh, this is just some, like, stupid whatever. Okay, fine. So we're going through it, going, and then as I was finishing the other chapter, kind of, like, realized and was like, wait, what the fuck did I read up there? <laughs> yep. Because um, you think it's just going to be a begat, begat, begat. You think they're just telling you about Judah's kids for some reason, and then, no, they're... I think we can. I think we can start. I mean, I mean, just yeah. Does anyone have some overarching thoughts about uh, any themes that came up in this guy? Uh, I would say this one on a craft level is just much better to read. Clearly, the good writer was working that day. While like good writer, maybe not the best storyteller. Yeah, or like yeah, best I th- person definitely not. But at least someone who's like, oh, <laughs> you know, these people have. They're like real characters in this one, which sadly is an exception compared to the rest of it. I th- I think this one is very appropriate. We're recording this in November. Um, so there's this like very much applies to No Nut November. That is very much like a part of this Parsha. Uh, the guy who nuts on the floor gets killed, gets offed. And then um, the other big thing is like, we, we find this with the story of like the Pharaoh's wife who's just like, come on, shtup me, shtup me. It seems to me like this is the beginning of like men's rights activists. I mean, you could go all the way back to like I listened to some of the early episodes, like Abraham, of like the the mischievous woman like fooling the powerful oh, the man. Sister, the sister wife trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, something like that. But like this to me seems like the beginning. Whoever is writing this is clearly just like uh uh you know girls girls try to trick men and and they do that too. It's not just dudes who do this. Uh, yeah, or like you could, you could imagine rights. the person writing this having a fantasy about being being like some like hot celibate man somewhere with like the pharaoh, you know, the high up person's wife is like, I'm begging you, just lay me. And they're like, no, I can't. My morals are too good. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can just imagine them seeing themselves that way. And this is like some whole weird fantasy of theirs. I yeah I'm I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, I, I don't know, John got any? Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say as far as that goes, like the dynamic of Joseph still ultimately is a slave in all this. And like the dynamic of a slave master's wife ha- making a slave choose like either stup me or I'm going to tell everyone you stupped me. Like that's that's not invented here. You know, that's like a real that's a real thing. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. The power dynamics are not super comfortable in uh in, in all of these and in, in, in we kind of get a flip side reverse 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 um, within the chapter of first uh, Tamar that 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 woman who pretends to be a, a sex worker kind of does it but is in a position of not power and then it happens in a in a similar way well, she uses with- it to gain power. I, I don't know what <laughs> that part is so fucking this is weird. you know I feel like I was going back and listening to some of the earlier episodes. And it seemed like for many of those, every time a man was trying to have sex with someone, it was just kind of normal. And every time a woman was involved, it was always sneaky or tricky or there was some sort of scheme. Um, But in the last few, it seems like that's evened out a bit, a bit more in the sense that like Judah comes away looking like a real fool. um, And his kids also just sort of look like fools. I mean, I know he was tricked, but I mean, he comes away looking a little gross nonetheless. Oh, totally. Because he would still, like, I mean, at some point, the veil, conceivably, she was wearing was lifted, right? But he was, like, too blinded by whatever to notice it was his well, daughter and It's also just the thing of, like, he's he's very flippantly, like, oh, yeah, she's a sex worker, let's kill her. Without even, there's no, like, there's no thought of, like, oh, I'm, I hired her, so I'm just as in the wrong. In fact, that's what saves her. Not that it's even wrong to begin with, but, like... You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Should we start at the very beginning? Yeah, let's get some structure. Yeah, let's get into the juicy, 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 juicy bits. Juicy. There's a lot of juicy bits. So, okay, let's come on. Let's talk about how annoying this kid fucking Joseph is. Oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely, we all went to camp with this kid. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. He's... yeah, Joseph is a big old narc. He's just like a big tattletale. Um, honestly, I, I will say this. When I was reading this, I got like, major mayor pete vibes from joseph <laughs> just like just like very smug like asshole like yeah just like you know probably like talented politically whatever but like still like a smug little asshole and you kind of like just telling everyone how great he is like that's that was the first thing that came to my head when reading about joseph just talking about like i'm great i'm awesome and everyone else just like shut the fuck kind of kid who would wake you up to ask you if you're asleep you know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on, man. You you knew what you were doing from the moment you opened your mouth. The funniest thing to me about Joseph and specifically about his dreams is that he'll tell his dreams to his brothers and he'll be like, I had a dream that like there was one like bale of wheat that looked like me. And then, you know, he'll like tell the whole dream. And then when they get mad at him, he's like, what? It was just a dream. I'm just telling you what happened in my dream. Like he doesn't either. He's playing stupid or he's actually that stupid that he doesn't get why that would upset he's like the he's like the kid who was uh i i remember always in in and you know younger school there was a kid who was like my dad says that i'm the smartest one and you know it's just except in this case it's actually true like like the dad is very much like picking favorites well but he gives him his his ornamented tunic ah don't play favorites like that, especially when there's fucking 12 of them. Never buy your kids Supreme. Uh, something will come over <laughs> them. <laughs> you know, they just start acting brand new. <laughs> um, uh, 
yeah, Jacob definitely dropped the ball by by buying Joseph a proverbial supreme. <laughs> yeah, when really he should have been worship, worshiping the only supreme. Why? Okay, so it's an ornamented tunic, and yet it's not only gets translated into being a Technicolor dream coat, but that's the narrative that they ran. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber made a whole Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat musical. Like that's the narrative that they ran with. Why? Why the why the dream coat? Is it? I mean, I kind of know why. Because they it's, love costumes. I yeah. mean, where else in the beginning do you have great costumes? True, we don't know what really anyone's you know? wearing, or like what they're wearing doesn't matter. We know all that about much. sandals. That's yeah, true. We that's do all... know about sandal straps. That's about it. They are. They're like hype boy. Is this the first? Oh, is Joseph like uh-huh. the first hype boy with like good sandals, good it's jacket? True. He's a like, oh, yeah. Clearly trying to keep his swag yeah, on. It's <laughs> unlocked the swag, and it was unlocked. Also, this is extrapolation, but I just kind of thought of it. Maybe because it was such a nice, you know, little little coat that he that he got. Maybe it's kind of implied that, um, like, because he has the nice coat and whatever, he doesn't help out in the fields. Right. He just kind of like rides along while his brothers are like toiling in the sun, and he's telling them about dreams. Right. Like, he's like a sensitive artist type. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. though. Like, if I was like doing manual labor, like fucking farming, or just. I don't know, like managing goats. I've never managed like wrangled Goat goats, but I imagine it's not like super easy. And then like some dude comes up and starts telling me about how <laughs> awesome he is and how I'm better than you. Like, I, yeah, I'd be pissed too. Yeah, I, yeah. Do like, I don't know um, if it would drive when he me comes to murder, up, but... When they like see him approaching from afar, they say, "Here comes that dreamer!" Like this fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, I it's, it's that was funny to me. It also kind of implies that like they don't dream ever. <laughs> Whether like yeah. they're like I put my head on the fucking pillow and I'm oh, out. God. It's lights out. It's the same it's as being dead. Static. And then every time I wake up in the morning, thank God. <laughs> oh my God. Dang. The other part I like is like later on after like Joseph's being a prick to his brothers like twice, he like goes to his dad. He goes to Jacob and he says like the same things like, Oh yeah, like I had this wild dream and then Jacob, like the dad, is like Joseph is his favorite and Jacob like Jacob the dad is like sort of has a moment of like, okay, like Come on, man. Like, seriously, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're expecting Come me on, that, like, to bow down to you? Like, just fucking keep it in check. Like, doesn't, like, totally go off on him, but he just sort of tells his son, like, all right, man, come on. Like, have some sense of, like, self-reliance. Some. Uh, I mean, yeah, Jacob's kind of grown into being a, a more sensitive old man, so he's probably like, hey, like, it's okay if you have these dreams, and you can tell me about it, but just, but this is not party talk. Also, Jacob would know about what happens when brothers start uh, arguing with each other, given the lengthy and dramatic history he has with his brother Esau. When they You'd have- think that people would learn their lessons, but that doesn't necessarily seem to be part of it. Which, actually, so far, uh, you know, I'll just keep a running tab of, of, of good lessons we might learn here. This is a good one. Don't don't tell people about your dreams. Like, if they want to know, they'll fucking ask about them. I feel, like, I feel like the only exception is you can tell your lover about your dreams. That should be allowed. Yeah, I guess it's a case-by-case. Case. Let's call it case-by-case. <laughs> yeah, case. Case-by-case basis. Like yeah, if it's a weird dream where you're just, like, floating around and you go to the store and then, like... I don't know. Some random person from your like middle school is there, and you're like, "Oh, I haven't th- I haven't seen them in a while." Like that's a fine dream to and tell then, people about. Yeah. And then they start worshiping you. <laughs> and they drop to their knees and start. And everyone oh. in the grocery store drops to the floor and says, "Oh, great creator!" <laughs> so you got you got Joseph. You got he's he's definitely a little shithead. He's definitely 
I mean, he's annoying. His brothers won up him, though, instantly by deciding to sell him into slavery. Well, that was going to be my next point is like, what do you guys think is maybe a a softer way of teaching that lesson? I mean, he's he's annoying because of his dreams. His dreams happen when he's sleeping. So the solution is, you know, put a little bit of whipped cream in his hand, tickle his nose, (laughs) you know, just classic (laughs) sleep pranks. True. Or you could just do what uh, brothers have been doing from time immemorial and just just womp him a little bit. Womp him. Stick his hand in like a glass of warm water so he pisses all over his like amazing Technicolor dream coat, ruins it. <laughs> oh, and then when he That's comes out the next day, now. you're like, hey, Jeff, good dreams last night? Did you dream about uh, Niagara Falls? Did you dream about... Uh... But no, they, they opt for the slavery route. That's what they do. It is funny. There is a line where they get, they're going to kill him and then one of his brothers is like, but what... What does it do for us if we kill him? Like we should turn a profit. Like he basically. <laughs> yeah. Is that what does he say? That's basically what he says. He's like, he says like, what is to be gained if we kill him? Which could be interpreted as like, you know, that that would be a morally bad thing to do. But no, he's just saying like, literally, we will not get these pieces of silver if we just kill him. Yeah, I um. I think it must be that just because the moral difference between just killing your brother and it's selling him into slavery is, I guess the distinction exists. I don't, they seem like they're on the same level to me. I mean, it's, it's, it's muddled because Joseph happens to be special enough that he has a great time at slavery. <laughs> he makes a lot of friends. He, a really charming really slavery with the peculiar institution. Yeah. If um, yeah, if he got like more brutalized or whatever, then it would be clear that his brothers are horrible monsters. Yeah, if Joseph was the one who got his head cut off and then his eyes picked at by like at by birds or something. Like one, that would just be like a really crazy way to end the first book of the Bible. Just like yeah, now he's fucking dead, and now we're going to uh, part the sea. Like the next part, but that's true. That would be a very like Game of Thrones en- ending, of just yeah. like, and then the hero died. Bye. I. We'll what do you guys think week. about? Um, I think uh, Ruben <laughs> plays an interesting role. Um, the horny one, yeah. He's the horny one. Yeah, he dig he digs up a bunch of aphrodisiac mandrakes, and then also has sex with the, his brothers. He's not horny in this passage. Oh, he previously, he's horny. been previously. I forgot horny. about his uh, reputed horniness. Um, but I just thought he plays an interesting role here where he's trying to, he's basically trying to bargain with the bad guys and then he just, he just doesn't work. Like he just thinks, okay, you know, I'm going to get him to throw my brother in this pit. And then, you know, when they leave or something, I'm going to pull him back out and bring him back to dad. Um, and you know, I resist the urge to like, you know, interpret everything as some broader commentary on everything else, but there's maybe an interesting thing there about like, there are certain sorts of people you kind of just can't bargain with. Like you just got to either take a stand or not, but to be like, maybe he we can finagle this whole slave deal. Yeah. Is Reuben the one who tears his clothing? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, and is that how that tradition is, was born? The tradition of people in who are sitting Shiva, like tearing their clothing or whatever. I feel like people tear their clothes a lot in the early part of the Bible, but it's not that one. Anguish. It's like very cheap, you know, you're just like going at it, but. Uh, but yeah. isn't that specifically a mourning thing? Like, isn't that a specific tradition that when you're sitting shiva, you're supposed to like tear your shirt or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it, that's where it comes from. Should have done the. I've always thought that's a hilarious tradition. Hilarious. I, um, 
<laughs> What's hilarious about that? <laughs> that, you're spo- that when your grandma dies, you're supposed to tear off your shirt like the Incredible Hulk? It's a little bit funny. <laughs> you're supposed to flash your titties just a little bit at the funeral, oh, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if it's funny, but... I mean, if, if that was specific, if you had to pull from the middle, no starter rip in the shirt, just fully <laughs> intact first and then pull it. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Um, and you're wearing a Superman shirt underneath. Gotta tear that too. I also think this is a very, very small, not very big part of the story. I do think it's kind of funny that they think of the whole let's sell them in the slavery plot after they throw them into the pit. I think it's really funny that they get outsmarted by literally just a, a bunch of random people passing by who just see not their brother, but just a guy in a pit. And they're like, oh, I know what we can do with that guy. Um, and then that's cause that's why he tears his shirt is he goes back to the pit and then he realizes, Oh, someone else had the same idea. So he goes through a mourning gesture of like, I've been outsmarted and also I'm not making any money. And also maybe we're not as clever as we all thought we were. Yeah. They were just going to put him in the pit. Ruben. Yeah. There's kind of an interesting thing here. It's, it's different looking with us eyes to be reading a story where slavery is so central, but like, everyone involved basically is not white you know like the 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 casualness and the like fluidity i guess of just like everyone's just kind of doing slave stuff all the time i don't know how have you guys felt anything like that yeah i mean i wrote down that i was this is hopeful but it's like maybe this is the turning point because eventually the Jews become slaves and then, you know, we have Passover and we we realize that slavery is bad. So it's like maybe jo- Joseph being sold into slavery is the turning point for our us realizing that slavery is bad. Which is not great if you think of it from the frame of like, well, it doesn't really affect me until it happens to no, me. No, it's, yeah, it's the same as the guy who's like doesn't care about women until he has a daughter oh yeah we know those people you know what yeah. can i can i can i make a formal uh hmm what did I say? a request that maybe we add those people to the oh, watch they're list on the, they're on the they've been oh, on sure, yeah. my watch list ethan what, for, what is the watch list uh just you know it's watch list they're just on it people to look out for it's people who need to watch their fucking backs basically <laughs> yeah. yeah people who've been it's given the enormous clout that this podcast possesses to find yourself on the watch on the smite me watch list you better think about what led you to that point i think also like the 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 lesson of the early one is like snitches get sold into slavery that's like (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i don't you may also get stitches but just like joseph is a big old snitch in the beginning and then he yeah it's like the lesson is like sometimes shut the fuck up or else (laughs) (laughs) yeah Though it is interesting that they think they're going to sell him to the Ishmaelites, who I have to assume are related to Ishmael. Yeah, they're d- the descendants. Who of the, himself of was the child of a slave woman by Mr. Fancy Man Abraham himself. Well, I think maybe that's the thing about it is because, not because of, but we're, we're not talking about really like strict racial like divides with slavery. I think it was probably just that was how shit was done back just then. Business yeah, just business. To make it better, but... Like, if you had said, hey, like, maybe we shouldn't be doing all this slavery stuff, uh, probably the vast majority of people would have just been like, why? What are you talking about? Some people are lucky, some people aren't. And that doesn't make it good, but I think that's, there's definitely part of the reason. Some people see their dads naked in a tent and all their descendants are slaves, and some people don't. Yeah, I mean, true. 
it it's it it was so arbitrarily started according to this text that it it gets it seems like it gets treated like that way too of like oh this was a weird accident that nobody bothered to correct so eh. yeah plus i also think that the whole point that we were starting to get into the fact that like also his experience of slavery is like really charmed doesn't exactly underscore that like it's this horrible institution that needs to end it's this weird thing of like it's not that bad but even if it is bad like god's on your side so it isn't that bad yeah i mean he shows up to egypt and he's immediately promoted to like regional manager (laughs) yeah assistant (laughs) to the regional manager do we want to move to the no nut november part Mm -hmm. of this Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, old hunky celibate Joseph just glistening in the sun. Oh, wait, no. We're talking about... No, I'm talking about the if you jack off, you die. I'm talking about Judah's, Judah's weird oh, it's line. A double, it's a double note, note, note. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's get into that because that's honestly the most interesting part of this entire fucking thing. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that in the Andrew Lloyd Webber, Donny <laughs> Osmond musical, did we now? Mm, that would have been a good musical number. Uh, Always goosh inside. <laughs> Track four. <laughs> Goosh? Let's, I want to talk about the fact they've done this twice now where there's a they try to do like an A plot, B plot thing, except they don't break it up, you know? Like they just do one, they like A plot part one and then just the whole B plot all at the same time and then they resolve the A plot. It's like, like cloud it's very, Sure. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's almost as if they were so eager to get to this Judah thing. They're like, I just can't, just can't wait anymore. Like, I have to, I have to tell this right now. It's the best story I've ever heard. Well, it's just like a crazy side story. Yeah. Though I guess right? it's just like, yeah, I like the um, the how it's immediately next to what happens with the Egyptian official's wife because there, I guess there's like an interesting. It's not even like opposite nature to him, but there's just kind of a connection. Or a preoccupation yeah. about like, you know, how how is sex in your station in life? Like, how do they interact? The category is um, just sex liars, <laughs> people who yeah. <laughs> lie well, I think, about. Okay, sneaky, I think before we get freakies. to that, we got to talk about the the two sons of Joe of Judah, right? Er and Owner, <laughs> who literally <laughs> are just like Er. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, like, just says Ur is, like, evil, right? So, like, no reason, no no, no justification <laughs> given. He was displeasing to the Lord. So maybe he should have pleased the Lord, and then he would still be alive. Pleased his wife. That's, that's really what he should have done. <laughs> um, Who, wait, who's the first one to get killed? Ur? Ur, Ur yeah. Ur. The guy well, who's literally named the other word for um. Yeah, or an error. <laughs> um, I like that it's kind of nonspecific. Or leaves leaves some room for the imagination, unlike um, Lot's wife, who gets, you know, turned into salt. You know, like we just get to kind of imagine what creative and fun way God chooses. Yeah, what condiment do you think Ur got turned into? <laughs> Nutritional yeast. That actually is brings me to something I, I wanted to ask you guys. I asked uh, John yesterday is when they just say that God, you know, kills him or smites him, basically, and he smites him dead. What do you think that looked like? I like to imagine it would be like he's just walking one day and then he gets hurled like 500 feet straight in the air. Because like, <laughs> I don't know if you're God, like yeah, it's like one of those uh like the old iPad game, like Stickman 
tower defense where you just like <laughs> flick the people away. <laughs> little stick dudes, just like yeah. hundreds of. Well, that was such an era of computer games online of just like mutilating stick men. What was up with that? Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, on that note, uh, uh, R.I.P. Adobe Flash no longer supported. Oh, at as, all? as of this December. recording. In, really? Like Already? it got wiped off the face of the earth? No, not wiped off. They just, that just means like, dude, like if you if you if you call them up about Adobe Flash, they're going to be like, no, we don't we don't answer those questions anymore. Interesting. Okay, so there's one character who God kills for seemingly no reason. Just like, so, yeah, you suck. Don't but like then, you. Going Bad guy. forward, the next guy he kills just because he wouldn't impregnate his brother's wife okay i think i i think we need to break this down there's a lot that happened right so it's like okay so er marries this dude to marries this girl tamar right god is like er fuck off i don't oh, like what do you, you think he did i guess sorry er. we didn't even speculate like what do you think just i don't know he also didn't goosh inside like <laughs> He tried to build matter. a really tall tower, and he was like, didn't you learn the first time? He made a Torah podcast. He kept texting people about <laughs> yeah, right. the abortion proposition he after the election had passed. something Whatever delicious. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so after Ur dies, Judah, the dad, is telling to his other son, he's like, all right, well, you know, your brother's dead, so now you got to stoop his wife. You know, sorry. this That's the rules. And the other guy's like, okay. And but then he doesn't. This is what it says no, in mind. And Onan knew that the seed would not count as his. And so when he would come to bed with his brother's wife, he would waste it on the ground so as not to provide seed for his brother. Right. What's so that? he's I. So it's like apparently if he were to have a child, it wouldn't count as his child. It would it would have counted as his brother's child for some reason. I don't know, because people wouldn't have thought so he's like oh i don't want this i want this to be my kid not my brother's kid before they understood genetics and yeah a so he nuts way. on the ground and then apparently god is like no that's evil like you can't do that apparently in the kills the, him the um the footnote i have here it's literally in the hebrew he lets it spoil on the ground ew yeah ah this is a whole very complicated gushing by by proxy sort of situation Oh, this is a very evocative verb to spoil, you know what I mean? But I mean, I feel like this passage is probably one of many that, like, super religious people use to justify, like, abstinence-only stuff. Or, you know what I mean? Like, no, this is the, the this idea. Is the, the idea that you shouldn't ever have sex unless it's for procreation, I feel like this probably could be tied to that. This is the don't jack yourself off verse. Though to completion, will... <clears throat> for the record. Just so you'll to note that there's not a... a ferocious anti-masturbation movement in the u.s i wonder why can we get it started <laughs> oh, there's like yeah, Josh, the, I mean, clearly you've never been on reddit.com slash no fap yeah just there's an there are there are millions of weird incel dudes who are just like i can't do it man it's like fucking breaking my focus i'm just so saying not that there November. aren't any um there aren't any like Republicans sitting and chuckling in state legislatures as they like outlaw mass protesting outside of uh, yeah right like people yeah. don't need security uh, guards before they like have themselves a little time alone uh, in their bedroom yeah so I was like doing a little bit of research on this and I found this there's this website called Safaria which is like all the Torah yep. and then they link to all this stuff so I like was just looking at like that verse where uh, Onan gets killed for like pulling out too early. Um, and then I found all these like weird, like 
papers that people had made from like ninth grade like yeshivas like, to study things <laughs> about like masturbation. So I found this oh, one boy. sheet called Masturbation in Jewish Law and thought ninth grade Jewish Outlook Kohelet Yeshiva. Oh so my I guess God. this is like what they <laughs> use to teach like the the fifteen year old yeshiva kids about like what's healthy like masturbation. And there's a lot of weird stuff in here. Like most of it just ends with the um with the conclusion that like yeah like masturbating is like a killable offense. Um, <laughs> oh. Whoa! But there's like some weird stuff in that, like I guess like more contemporary rabbis are talking about, like okay, or I guess in the Talmud they quote it or something, where it's like okay, but like what if more or less you need it for like I don't know in vitro fertilization or whatever the equivalent was, like, or like some other medical procedure to make sure that all everything, all the plumbing's working right. And there's this one verse where they more or less talk about it's like okay, so like. You can't, like, so if you want to get a seed sample, you can't jack off, but here's what you can do. Uh, you can sort of have, like, your wife do it, or you can stick warm bread in your anus. <laughs> swear to God. <laughs> no! What does this that accomplish? I don't know, but apparently in the Talmud, if they think if you stick warm bread in your ass, like, that is enough to uh, bring you to completion. Wow. It was. It sure was for one guy. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely better than, like, kind of cold, cold bread. Would a bell pepper work? Do you think? Oh my I, god. I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Warm bread. Okay. Wait. So. Wow. What about during Pesach? What are you what supposed to do then? Warm mustard. That's French not going to feel good. This is just yeah, like true. True. Apparently, this is saying if someone has like a problem with like their flow and like the semen if something's not working uh if you put warm barley bread and put upon and like you put it in your anus then like the flow of semen sets in and like then we can see what's happening hmm. do you are they thinking that the barley bread is gonna like hit the g-spot maybe yeah maybe it's just, i like, guess a sophisticated Drano. understanding of male pleasure from the yeshiva why to see bread it. Because <laughs> it's know. warm, <laughs> it's, you can make it in a little packet. Okay. Because then it's not. I, I don't know, man. I wonder. Are, are there? I mean, I'm not super involved with the whole sex toy industry, so I don't. I don't know anything. Do they make like not super heated? involved? Yeah, you you heard me. Um, <laughs> do they make uh, uh, like heated, heated 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 toys? Is that is that a thing? I, it's like they probably would. I think there's things that you're supposed to like maybe put in the microwave. I don't think there's anything that like not like an electric like blanket. plugging into the yeah. Nothing's like plugging into the power strip and then also like <laughs> plugging into you. I don't think that would be a good idea. It turns you into a conductor. I, I, I never, I never underestimate the power of the, the people on the internet doing stuff. You know, oh, wow. someone did it. Warm, warm barley bread. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I just posted in the chat. This is. I'll post a link. There's a lot that, that happens in this. Okay. If you search bread, you can do it. <laughs> can I just read? Do you want to? Okay. Or was the warm bread? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh this my is, God. Do you want to have someone want to just do us the well, honor, read it out Ayani, loud? Or when you do this in the in the um in the final edit, could you put like really Jewish klezmer behind it, <laughs> or like I don't even know, or just like sad shtetl music or something? <laughs> Yes, I can do that, and I'll put some reverb on my voice. Nice, um, nice. So, uh, okay, so, quote, starting starting here. But in our case, he is permitted to have sex with his wife. We should not do this, extract the semen. 
through having sexual thoughts about a woman or or with warm bread on the anus. Wait, we should not do it. says we shouldn't do it with warm bread in the anus. But rather... Yeah, yeah, it's like those classic things such as having sex with a woman or the warm bread trick. But, you know, however you interpret the sentence, the fact that the warm bread gets brought up is... It's a shocker. Um, poor choice of word on my part. Um, but rather by having sex with his wife. Uh, and if it is better for the testing for the semen that he wear a condom on his penis when they have sex, that is preferable to other methods mentioned above. So they're saying if you need to get the goose juice for whatever reason, you need the best way to do it is to just have sex with a condom on and collect it. But you're also allowed to uh, to have your wife just you know suck it out of you, or uh, or I guess warm bread in the anus. Jesus Christ, what what Holy planet do these good. fucking people live on? Okay, so the other thing we learned about this is that it turns out that it's uh, a normal way to have a uh, to have sex to these people is to have a condom. So that's a little bit. Um, but basically, the oh my god. Okay, apparently, if this is not a good way for the sake of testing, then it would be permitted to quote unquote thresh within and winnow without into a jar. <laughs> god bless. There's a lot. With a wrench? <laughs> thresh within and winnow without. Is, don't you thresh wheat? Isn't... Wheat? Okay. Wheat. Bread is made of wheat. Now we're coming full circle, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Wow. We so, should. A wheat, a wheat right, thresher. This, this train is coming off the track. <laughs> the, a wheat thresher, just so you guys know, I think in the like traditional thing is like a thing, like a, a flappy thingy on a, on a stick that you whack the wheat with to thresh it so they're saying jingle jangle your dick in a jar for a little bit if you can't just have sex with a condom <laughs> thresh within okay i wow listen the moment ethan brought up some rabbi that said that people should put bread in their butts that was all we were going to talk about all episode so we're we're up against a lot here i think uh <laughs> I think we should move on because there's there's even within this little vignette there's more. Yeah, there's, there's more to do. Yeah, and I got to run in a little. Um, but I just we couldn't we couldn't ignore that. Oh Thank yeah, no, you. we can't just keep on going after that. Yeah. We gotta. But yeah, so he. So she has two. God kills two of her husbands in a row, and then she's Judah still is indebted to her. So he is like, I will give you this tiny little boy who is not a man yet. Which is already weird. That's not like the weirdest thing in it, but it is noteworthy that he's like promising this child away. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, it seems like it was done back then. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, not even top five in this story. But then he just kind of does it. He's like, mm, so just kind of go away for a while and, and I'll tell you when. And then eventually she gets tired of waiting for him. So she puts on her sex worker cost outfit and. Um, tricks him? I mean, I don't know. I, I can't imagine, like, I know that in, in the Texas phrase that she did a bad thing. I cannot imagine, like, I mean, I guess if you think sex work is wrong, that's, like, morally objectionable, but if you don't, like, she's just yeah, between a rock and a hard place, especially in the society that doesn't really allow women to do a lot. Her only kind of, like, conduit to any kind of security and resources got fucking killed by God for various reasons, which that's not anyone's fault except for God's fault. It's definitely not her fault. And then the other person, the only other person she can really turn to for like, hey, is there anything that's going to help secure my situation? Goes like, 
I'll be right back. So yeah, J- Judah is dishonest with her, and then she turns around and is dishonest with him. Yeah, she you know she plays the hand she's dealt. Um, it does lead to some of the worst, maybe the worst sex scene in the history of the written language. I would say. What what's the scene? Oh well, he just sees her, so she, um, she covers her face. She plays the harlot, as the text says. Um, and then Judah is like riding by in his Mustang and he says, here, let me sleep with you. Uh, and she says, what will you pay for sleeping with me? <laughs> you know, the things that people say when they're about to, you know, a prostitute a and a customer, they're like, the Hey, Hey, would you like to, yeah, it's very cop like <laughs> hello, fellow kids. As one does. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was pretty funny where he says, here, let me sleep with you. I like how afterwards, like after he sleeps with her, he like goes back to the town and is like, did anyone see that uh, that angel that was also a prostitute walking around? <laughs> anyone see that holy, holy prostitute anywhere? Oh, yeah. He says, where is the cult prostitute? What's up with that? I, I think he's just looking for her. And everyone... No, but I think Josh is asking, why is she a cult prostitute? Yeah. I think it's maybe a cult. Like she's like has i don't know she's like an angel or something oh like oh oh a cult in the book it says cult not a cult i oh. just am making that but then in a different translation it says it said something like okay in the chabad translation it just says he's like well, where's the whore okay well yeah that sounds about well right. that's the chabad <laughs> yeah it must have been a weird day for the townsfolk you know it's probably not exciting things happen and then all of a sudden this kind of stranger is going like did you guys see the divine uh there was kind of a a, a harlot that uh, did you guys see anything? And everyone's just like, no, what? All right. Uh, I was reading um, Rashi's some of Rashi's interpretations on this, and he, to our to my surprise, just fully takes her side, which you don't you don't you're not usually gonna see. I feel like most of the stuff I've read is not him like being on the woman's side, but yeah, he's like, listen, she he he tricked her. She had to do what she had to do. It's done. Nice. I mean, I think the only other thing about this part that's really kind of crazy is the, um, the like, oh, so basically when, uh, we, we covered a little bit, but when, when they find out that she got pregnant through this little escapade, Judah says that phrase, like, come, she's a whore, like, you know, we can burn her or whatever. And then as soon as it comes out that he's the father, not just Judah, but presumably everyone else around him is just like, oh, and everything's okay. Yeah, it's like the end of a Family Guy episode. They all just kind of laugh and reset. Well, he really admits that he's wrong. He says, she's more in the right than I, in as much as I did not give her to my son, Sheila. He's like, here's why I was wrong. You can clearly tell that this is, like, written by just, like, super misogynist dudes who are just trying to, like, justify all the shit that they were trying to do. It's like... Uh, so, like, the woman who, like, had sex outside of marriage, like, sorry, we're going to burn her. And then when it's actually the guy's fault, we're just like, oh, sorry, too bad. Wah, wah. Yeah, like, drastic like, like, consequences to, for one side. Yeah, they're, they're, they're coming up with justifications for their, like, weird actions. Yeah, very as- asymmetric. Um, I do like, it is, I feel like there's a little funny courtroom drama element where she says, she, like, pulls out the staff and the other stuff. She kept his clatter and she says, Examine these. Whose seal and cord and stav are these? <laughs> I don't know. I, I enjoyed that a little bit. I uh, I also enjoyed that um, 
in in the Chabad translation, it happens a little bit different, but it's still kind of enjoyable. She basically says, "Well, whoever's these are is who got me pregnant." So I just <laughs> yeah, who, <laughs> who's is it? Who's yeah, the stud with the nice? Because <laughs> you, you can kind of interpret it as her like bringing receipts and like. You know. Oh, I think she's really smart. She is really smart, but also, I don't know, in, in another one of the, like, rabbinic interpretations basically said, like, she did the right thing by not publicly embarrassing him. Like, she... Oh, my God. Which, of course, they find a way to <laughs> make that the take. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, like, Wait, she could have... She could have totally... she does anyway. No, but what they're saying is she could have, to, uh, to everyone, been like, it was Judah... I had sex. This is Judah's baby. We had sex. But instead, she just brings out the stuff and is like, whoever's stuff this is is who I had sex with. So it's like she knows and Judah knows, but everyone else might not necessarily know. How uncomfortable would that be? Well, no, I feel like wouldn't they know because because the the seal is like his identify. It's like his like family logo. So it's like whoever was wearing this is the father. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I guess that. Yeah. And they and they when they tell Judah they're like, hey, it's your daughter-in-law. They say your daughter-in-law Tamar has played the harlot. In fact, she is with child by harlotry. So they kind of know. Yeah, it is. It does kind of present this weird thing in this particular one because it's like he knows. First, he finds out that she's with child by harlotry, and you'd think that he would put it together that it was him, but he doesn't until she is. He is. And he's like, it could have been anybody. Well, I don't know if we could expect him to... Like, I think he just thinks he had sex with a sex worker. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd be like, mm, I had sex with a sex worker. My, like, you know, my daughter-in-law was a sex worker. Like, I don't know if all of that would really come together. I just think... But I just can't get over the fact that he didn't recognize her. Thick veil. I mean, how <laughs> thick can the veil be? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I picture her wearing, like, each other. a scream mask... <laughs> yeah. And she's one Fully. of those voice disguises where it's like, hello. <laughs> Doing like a Star vote. Wars cosplay. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Jude is into that. Um, should we dive in to yeah. the last part, which is more sex trickery? Ah. It's all a bunch of sex tricks and mm. not the cool kind. Not, nope. not tricks as in like what the Harlem Globetrotters do, where you, <laughs> but tricks as in like, Look where like I can put my fooling leg. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not nice. Okay, so I mean, is there? There's not much. There's not that much to it. In t- kind of similar to the, uh, just overall, in the same way that they don't talk about slavery much. In the same way that it's hard to talk about the uh, misogyny in this text sometimes, just because it's so blatant that they they don't they don't talk about it. They just assume that's the way the world works. Right. It's just an. It's just such an undercurrent. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's kind of the same thing that's happening here with. Joseph being a slave is he's in this horrible position, but because the text kind of assumes that that's just how the world will be forever and that it's not that bad because he, you know, does well for himself. It's kind of hard to like get into that aspect of it because he's just becomes a slave and immediately, like I said before, is just he's top dog. God's blessed little child like gets sold into slavery. That doesn't stop him. Yeah, it is. It doesn't seem to dampen his spirits. He seems like kind of just a happy go lucky boy. He's like, where are we going? <laughs> He's not. Yeah, if I was him, I'd feel pretty betrayed by my brothers. Oh, oh yeah, you know, definitely. one thing we didn't mention about the brothers is them stopping to have lunch while he's in the pit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually <laughs> why the randos detail. are able to pick him up and sell him into slavery before they can, because they're too busy having a fucking party about throwing him in the pit. Yeah, they're just like eating corned beef sandwiches and rejoicing. <laughs> 
Okay. Also, what is, what is Joseph doing the entire time? Is he not saying anything? Did he not uh, tell the, the people like, hey, like is he is he conscious? Is he telling the people? It's like, no. These guys are actually like my brothers. They're trying to pull a prank. Like, please don't like buy me. Hey guys, I had another dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has a dream in the pit. <laughs> So, so yeah, he's at Potiphar's house, and his Potiphar's wife is like chasing him around. Keep in mind, he's seventeen, so like she's. Yeah, it's not. That's not great. Yeah, he's just Joseph, a but he was well built and handsome. I mean, is that within the age of consent in Egypt, though? Mm. True. Legal age of consent. I mean, he does not give consent, but like, if he were to. I am going to venture right, a guess and going. say they didn't worry about those things too much. <laughs> Considering that certain interpretations say that when Isaac married Rebecca, she was three. So <laughs> I what? think, yeah, yeah that's... people who did like Bible math on it were like, maybe it's saying that she's three. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. He there's not that much to be said about Potiphar's wife. He goes to jail. It's kind of our first uh, look at jail. Well, it's also, I, I would say that there's this really kind of fucked up uh, framing of it that, like, uh, the way that she kind of gets him put in jail when I feel like she could have just as easily just been like, hey, go to jail. Uh, because I said like, so. You know, you, know, <laughs> you know what's a real crime? Is being that handsome. <laughs> it's like, you know, she could have just done that and then, boom, she's joseph's away but instead she kind of makes up this whole rape allegation that's not real which is also just kind of difficult because the text doesn't really handle that very well yeah, she's like the only thing joseph's guilty of is eating whatever the heck he wants and not putting on any pounds <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing i sort of yes. wonder too if she was so high up like she could probably have her own like courtesans or something yeah she know? probably had her own little fucking <laughs> her own himbo harem <laughs> yeah <laughs> she had horses in the stable <laughs> or maybe that's kind of what's implied is like you know she has a bunch of people who look like joseph but they're not the real thing they're not the real mm -hmm. golden they god don't have boy. that yeah that god that god that god pheromone this this might be off but i like how like we get like a first as soon as like Joseph is like, nah, man, like, this ain't me. I don't want to do this. And he runs away, and she has, like, her jacket. The first thing she does, he's like, oh, this Jew tried to rape me. This Hebrew boy. <laughs> like, yeah. Classic anti-Semitic trope. Like, we yeah. see it there. And honestly, I feel like a classic uh, master-slave sort of thing where, like, you instantly eject, like, identity and their identity and, like, the sexual transgression as, like, almost synonymous. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that is interesting. If we like, or I guess to to circle it back around, like maybe the hardest like racial line we've seen so far in the Torah is between Egyptians and like everyone else. Like there seems to be a recognition that like they're different, and in this, it's more like the other way around. The Egyptians are like, look at what this Jew did. Like it, it is kind of it's very like I, I, should I say like white lady vibes? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about how he goes to jail. And he meets these people, and all of a sudden, his skill goes from, like, ha that he has special dreams to that he's really good at interpreting other people's dreams. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a video game perk, I swear to the fucking God. It's like, he leveled up, and now he's able to do this thing magically that he wasn't able to do before. But he also yeah, interprets— he went further on the skill tree. Yeah. You know? He even gets it. 
<laughs> but the, their dreams don't seem yeah. particularly difficult to i mean i don't quite remember what they are but aren't they pretty clearly spelled out isn't it like he gets his head pecked off by birds in the dream and then joseph's like that means you're gonna get your head pecked off by birds <laughs> no it's 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 a little different but that's also like so nonchalant they tells the guys like yep you're gonna get like one guy's like yeah you're gonna have a great time the other guy you're gonna get your head cut off eat and eaten by birds sorry yeah it's like him once again failing to read the room when it comes to dreams it's like no one wanted to hear your dreams about domination and no one wants to just be casually told like yeah there's nothing you can do actually so far just the baker there's not the baker the uh, cupbearer he so far throughout his entire life had one person in the audience who was like tell me about dreams the rest of the time everyone is like can you can you not yeah um, that's true it's probably the first time anyone's ever asked him about anything and then he's yeah. like yeah, you're probably gonna die <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty grim i don't know the dreams are not like i don't i guess yeah in the text they are kind of spelled we out should, we should like, we should spell them out for the, the listeners though. i want to okay i'll show you there's some good illustrations for this too but i also want to add the fact that having characters who have dreams in this adds another meta layer to it because it's already this text that rabbis are constantly like interpreting it's all right and so now it just becomes people have dreams and then he and joseph interprets it and then the rabbis are interpreting his interpretation and the dreams True. it just becomes this whole meta thing of interpretation and i don't know it's just exhausting yeah <laughs> is commentaries my... on commentaries on commentaries so yeah. like the the original thing is pretty much obscured so i think the dream that the cupbearer has is basically like I had all these grapes, and there were three branches, and on the branches, they were all really nice grapes. Joseph, what does it mean? Yeah, he's like, right. Is that a good dream or a bad dream? <laughs> <laughs> the one where all the things were growing. They don't sound weird. They're just, they're all, they're that weird combination of bizarre and mundane that's, like, believable, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then the baker's one is like, I had three baskets, but all the baskets were fucked, and there were birds everywhere. And then, yeah, you it's know. Like, yeah, you're fucked, and there's going to be birds everywhere. You're so. fucked wanna, like your baskets. Yeah. I want to show you this picture. I'll, I'll describe it because we're on a podcast. So it's like the, the baker tells the dream, and Joseph says, like, this is the solution. The three baskets are three days. Three days, hence Pharaoh will lift up your head from upon you and impale you on a pole, <laughs> and the birds will eat of your flesh from off of you. It's like very casual. So metal. The guy's just like, oh no. That's kind of a yeah. fun way. To, rather than chopping your head off, it's lifting up your head from upon you. So it's like, you're going to stay there, and I'm just going to. Much worse, I think. Yeah, a little. And then a chop. I'm it's like a, a Lego up. guy. I keep pulling it. Um, I, don't, I don't know about that. I enjoyed that. I don't know. That's Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. It Green is metal. funny that it's just it's it's spelled out as like Joseph has this really special skill that's really going to help people. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to uh, die, man. So, uh, yeah, I probably just would tr try to have a fun, a fun couple days <laughs> in prison. <laughs> it's, it's also one of those things where like so it's, it's like, like, OK, God likes Joseph. Right. So it's like does Joseph just like have to say whatever he interprets god is saying or can like joseph just say whatever and it'll happen right maybe joseph doesn't like this guy yeah and, like, whatever he oh. says will happen and he's like yeah okay so you i like you you're gonna do this like cup bear like because he, he tells the cup bear to remind pharaoh he's like yo i'm still in prison like your your favorite guy um 
So he's like, all right, cup air, a lot more FaceTime with Pharaoh. Baker, not a lot of FaceTime, stuck in the kitchen, in the back, all the time. Like, don't need this guy. I need the cup bearer. So whatever Joseph says just happens. You know, he could have said, like, he has a lot of power there. Right. Well, yeah. and God doesn't want yeah. him to look like an idiot. So yeah, he's exactly. Gonna, he's going to do what he says. I a like, special um, boy. Oh, I just imagine, like, God, like, listening in on a conversation, and he, like, tells the cup bearer one. He's like, all right, good, good, good. We're, we're, we're lifting all of you, uh, everybody up. We got the gang together. Okay, everyone's going to the top. And then he tells the baker, and he's like, or maybe not. Okay, well, he said it. Oh, God has no problem God, with casual The almighty God, but my hands or, are tied. He doesn't care about casualties, man. I know. He's but casually it, closing wombs for nothing. Yeah. He, he also did fucking just personally decide, like... See, I know I'm going back a little bit, but this is also the most personally involved God has gotten in a, a long time. Yeah, he also true. did just personally come down to be like, I gotta I gotta shoot two people real quick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nothing else is more important than this to me. I gotta pull right I now. gotta pull a serial murder for a second. Yeah. I do there's like a um it's kind of a funny little thing that happens where Joseph to the uh the cupbearer is like, you know, if I interpret your dream and you know you end up living, like, you know, put in a good word with Pharaoh for me, and then the guy just instantly forgets about him. Like this guy <laughs> who told a prophecy about you in prison that came true. Yeah, I'm sure just, someone asked too. It was like, how was like prison? Was everything okay? I was like, I met this guy. I don't know, weird guy. Uh <laughs> yeah, I met I spent some time talking to people and then Wait, so. I just had a realization. It's a bit of a tangent, but okay. His name is Joseph. He has a lot of dreams. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm about to flip You don't the know that Joe Biden has a lot of dreams. He He's could just be like, Joe. He, maybe his dreams are like that Microsoft Word background where it's just like a nice green hill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's just... <laughs> That's absolutely what Biden dreams about. It's just it's that one where it's that like maze that you're going around. Yeah, the his brick brain walls. is literally a All fucking screensaver. 3D. <laughs> or that like cube that it turns into a sphere and then like a uh -huh. flower and it has spikies. He's like, man, I'm still trying to figure that thing out. <laughs> Him asking Joe, what does that mean? If it's there's a flower and then there's another flower on the flower. This guy's like he's still running Windows 98. Okay, um, huh. should we say our last thoughts? Put a yeah. pull bow on this thing. Yeah, who's who's on what team, man? What team? Which team? Wait, what what team do I have to pick? Oh, you just What's pick the, who, who, who you're rooting for. Any character who you want to throw your support. Could be an idea. Could be an identity. I'm on team Tamar. I think she's r resourceful. She's good at, you know, she got dealt a bad deal and she didn't pout. She's just like, okay, I'm gonna get what I want out of this dude. And, yeah, I don't know. It's a little Machiavellian, maybe, but, like, desperate times, man. Yeah, she did her thing. I think I'm—this might sound weird because they distinctly say that he's evil, but I might be on Team Air just because uh, we don't know anything about him. So <laughs> mm, it's kind yeah. of like—it's kind of like the seed of a giant conspiracy theory that, like, if you go down deep into it, the seed of it makes no sense, like the beginning theory. But there's so much mythology wrapped around it that people are constantly like, yeah, 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 that's not the important part, though. Yeah, it's they don't want start. you to ask questions about what happened to Air because of what, what happens when you find out. Right? So I'm just—I guess I'm, I'm doing him because right now it just seems like he, he kind of, like, was walking down the street one day and just blipped out of existence— Mm -hmm. And everyone was just like, well, he was evil. 
And, and they like, like look on the they look at the mantelpiece and his photo's not there anymore and they're yep. like what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm I'm until more info until more information comes out, until the truth is revealed. <laughs> until we can I'm figure not. out what the hell is going on. <laughs> I'm team air. Wow. I I yeah, going off of that, I think I'm on team Onan, right? Cuz after Ur just dies <laughs> for whatever reason, like his dad, Onan's dad, Judah is just like all right, well, your brother's dead, so now you got to stup his wife. And it's just like, he's a good guy. And he's saying, why would I want to stup my brother's wife? He just died. It doesn't this seem is like because he, I feel like because he, just, he just, just says it's not going to count. This is, <laughs> I, you know, that's one interpretation. But it's like, yeah. look, my brother just died. Like, that was his wife. She was just my sister-in-law. We had, like, you know, a, a, whatever, a friendly relationship. We saw each other at Thanksgiving, you know. Like, true. this is weird. I don't want to do this. And he doesn't, and he gets killed for it. But he that's, does. He just doesn't, he just pulls out. Yeah. I mean, that's the other is thing. Is that less weird? That's it, more, I think that's more he, Judah's fault, because he should have been like, by the way, we we worship a very vengeful God, like, you should goosh inside. Like, he doesn't <laughs> give him any guidelines. He just goes, oh, go fuck your, uh, your, your sister-in-law. And he's just like, okay. And he does that, technically. Technically, he's good. It's just there's some other stuff that happens. Yeah, but he's like, he doesn't want to have... Okay, yeah, you're right. I take that back. No, it's still weird. Um, but he doesn't want to have a kid with her. So he's like... Yeah. No, I I think it's perfectly reasonable to be on Team Onan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with it. You, you know what? We'll, we'll call him a flawed character. Oh, I was just saying, you know, a team I'm on is there's this random guy that they mention... Um, who's like one of Judah's buddies? Who's just like Hira the Abdelamite? <laughs> like they're like, oh, you know. And then Judah kind of took off, and he was hanging out with this guy named Hira, <laughs> and then we just never hear anything about him. So I just like to imagine he's just like a, a really good friend. Yeah, I picture him he's, as like Teddy from Bob's Burgers. Like, yeah, he calls everybody chilling. buddy, even though he doesn't know him that well. Or just kind of like the, the, the wise friend who no one listens to when he's just like, oh, you see that? There's like a, a prostitute walking down the road. Just like, hey, man, just let's just keep going. He's yeah, like, right. nope, I have different plans. And then when she comes out and they're doing the whole trial and he's like, oh, we should burn her. But he's like, why? What? But no one listens. To oh, and you know, and he's the one who delivers the goat. So he's just is like he's like the guy who helps you move furniture. <laughs> Yeah, he's the task he, he has a truck. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a classic <laughs> friend with a truck. Here are the Abdelamite who had a truck. Ringing on doorbells, being like, I was supposed to bring a, a goat to a prostitute. <laughs> a prostitute here. Because I have the goat. Um, good evening, ma'am. I, yeah. I think then, I'm supposed to bring you this goat. Believe me, ma'am. I I know I don't know you. I'm as confused as you are, but I'm just trying to help a friend out. He's like, wait, is this is this two thirteen B? I am so sorry. I did not you guys mean to have involve a great you. Night. Oh, great! You guys have a great night. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, would love to. I want like one of those like historical retelling revisionist history novels, but like from Hira's perspective, Hira Unchained. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like uh, what's it? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah, but just the story of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat from that one dude's. Yeah, dude, you're out of truck. The, the buddy, buddy. You know what? <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you know what I also realized is that whole little side story that vignette would have been a million times less jarring if they had just put it in the front. Like if that was the first first thing you read for the week or whatever, you'd be like, "Huh, weird episode." Okay, 
whatever. But the fact that they put it in between two absolutely chronologically happening events. Yeah. Like they say, hey, in the text, they say, and then they sold him to Potiphar, the chief minister of Egypt. Then they do the thing. And they basically in the text go, so anyways. And th- I, only, like, I don't know if you've ever so heard jarring. a little thing called existentialism. Okay. Uh, never Life heard doesn't, of it. Life doesn't move in linear ways, and neither should storytelling. Okay. Yeah, it's like good And nothing is bad. Nothing is bad. If it doesn't make sense, that actually means it's good. You got to go meanwhile back at the ranch. You know, we're, <laughs> we're at the ranch. We're doing stuff. Then we, we go. We see the side story. That's great. You know, if I was you watching know, TV and it just like, you know, let's say I'm watching Mad Men or something. I was just watching Mad Men recently, you know, and like they switch up the storylines. Like if they just did one person's storyline, like linearly and then another person's storyline linearly in the same episode i'd be pretty bummed like i would get i would lose interest very quickly. right which is why they should cut back and forth and back and forth yeah that's what i was gonna say is they do go along one person's linear path for the entire episode except for this five minute segment where they're like excuse me sign ancillary character it was finals week and they delivered the paper so i don't know what you want yeah, okay. talk about failing upwards. Well, should we talk about <laughs> whether we keep this this thing? Because I say I say yes. I say this is one of the most just entertaining. I mean, you saw how how full Ayani's summary was, and there was yeah all everything he said was a necessary piece of information. So there's just a lot going on, and we're grading on a scale on a curve here. And for there to just be a lot of action, that's enough for me, frankly. Yeah. So. I say I say we keep her. I say keep it. Yeah? Yeah. You know, it's got a lot of stuff. Uh, very interesting things. I think the stuff about Onan, you know, that's, like, weird and has, like, weird long-term implications. Like, maybe cut that stuff. But the rest of it, very compelling work. Yeah, I also say keep it. I really like the dipshit brothers. I just can't get over them stopping for lunch while they are trying to have a captive. <laughs> Yeah, you know, honestly, they're in the middle of a kidnapping, basically. Yeah, they're like, yeah, should we uh, take a a quick, a tight 15, and then we'll get back to the thing we're doing? It's just like in the middle of kidnapping the senator's daughter, being like, do you guys want hoagies? Yeah, so should should I I run and get some coffees? Yeah. Yeah, so for that alone, for that just moment of them with like a mustard hanging out of their mouth, realizing that they messed up, that... That's Coming back to the van only to be like, oh, guys, I think she got out. Yeah, I'm going to keep it only for the, if only for the, um, you know, the, the Josh, you earlier have, have, have laid out the, like, good criteria of being, like, so bad it's good. Or, um, or you know, like, actual teachable lessons or whatever. And this falls not into the second one, but this falls into, like, a very uh, particular subset of so bad it's good. In that the way that it gets good is kind of like how movies are made, honestly, nowadays, is just like, we're going to throw you so much action that it's literally impossible for your brain to track how stupid the last thing you just saw was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's just like the bloat model. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the equivalent of, 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 the, bi- of the Bible basically grabbing you by the shoulders <laughs> Shaking you while it tells you what the what the things you're supposed to learn are, and then just being like, "So are we good?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. what are we gonna do for the next Fast and Furious movie? I think they're gonna like jump out of an airplane, but in cars. Yeah, <laughs> or like we're gonna have them drive underneath the U.S. Mexico border through a mine shaft. 
Yeah, find me whatever the cinematic equivalent of of, of rocks in a tin can are. Just, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep it for that reason of just of uh, this is this is whirlwind storytelling, which doesn't make a good storytelling, but it makes an enjoyable storytelling. True. I got I got threshed. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I threshed the hell Did out you of get me. winnowed as well? I don't really know what it means. What is, I don't know what that means exactly. Well, look it up. Yeah. Um, or especially in combination. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah, wow. Well, I've been thinking Liu? about uh, crazy ninth grade yeshiva antics for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad. Sad to say. <laughs> Ethan, will you bless us? That's usually how we go out is one of us, or if we have a guest, the guest just uh, gives us a little a little blessing. It doesn't even have to be us. Like, you just can bless whatever. Yeah. Um. So I guess... Um, I will bless y'all that you don't get thrown in any pits, that you don't have any wacky hijinks with your dead brother's wife, that uh, you don't have any crazy dreams, that you don't tell anyone about your dreams. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's what I bless you. That keep your dreams to yourself. And I like it that all blessing. Come true. <laughs> I like that blessing because so much of it's in our own personal control. Yeah, and you know, maybe the guy who got his head pecked off by birds or whatever, if he just kept his dreams to himself, never would have happened. That's true. The big lesson here is just don't dream. <laughs> yeah. Just get back to just work. Live, get back to work and live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph yeah. should have, he could have avoided this whole thing if he just like smoked a bunch of weed before going to bed. <laughs> It's what you got to do, man. Just get real high before you fall asleep. You're not, you're not getting, you know, you're not getting bombarded by pesky dreams where your brothers are bowing down to you. Yeah, midnight gin's really good for that too. If you have like asthma or something and you can't smoke too much, you know, you can just do the midnight gin. A tipple of the midnight gin. Yeah, or, or edibles, you know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options. There's Valium. There's um. We got Percocet. We got straight posture. I mean, like what, whatever, whatever your your medicine of choice is. Just remember that if it doesn't work, don't tell anyone. Still, like keep your dreams to yourself. Yeah, be quiet. Um. All right. Yeah, I think we'll leave you with that, guys. Just shut up. Cool. <laughs> yeah, everyone, just shut up. <laughs> uh, send any and all email requests uh, to smitemepodcastgmail.com. Send that your dreams. That is the yeah. It's true. The only thing, the only feedback. Give us a give us a five star review, but do not tell us your dreams. (laughs) 